So welcome back to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. And this is an example of one that ain't as cool as we thought. All right, I'm your host, Farron, and here's my co-host, Ramey. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we're watching, uh, or today we're talking about a movie about a single father who works out his separation anxiety issues and goes looking for his daughter, killing everyone who offers to help him along the way. Of course, we're talking about Commando. It premiered on the 4th of October, 1985, and was directed by Mark Lester. It was written by Stephen D'Souza, Jeff Loeb, and Matthew Wiseman. Though why it took three people to write this dog, I'm honestly not sure. And not one of them stopped the other one and said, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Radon Chong, who, of course, is the daughter of, you know, Cheech and Chong's Chong, who lives just north of us in Edmonton. And Alyssa, um, Alyssa Milano. Uh, when she was, this was her, I guess her, who's the boss. This is her, who's the boss days. And in Vernon Wells is Bennett. And normally I wouldn't mention someone so low on the cast list, but this is the crazy Mohawk guy from the road warrior. The guy who had his boyfriend changed, uh, chained to his motorcycle. It's like the only two action films this guy's ever done. And then he just sort of creeped back into the distance. So the first time I saw this, I was probably about 10 or 11. If it came out in 85, I was, well, just 10. And I probably saw it on like, super channel or we rented it i'm honestly not sure but i remember i really wanted to see it because Alyssa milano was in it and she, you know she was my age and she was totally cute and all that good stuff and when i saw it i loved it i thought it was like the coolest thing ever mostly because it was Alyssa milano and i didn't care about anything else but back then i thought the humor was hilarious it was good action ish you know i liked arnold's dry sense of humor i think this is just like one of the first films where they actually let him be funny you know and some of the jokes land and some of them don't <laughs> game of numbers what's that it's a game of numbers yeah let them tell lots and, and some of them will hit yeah it's a law of large numbers so so when's the first time you remember seeing this film? I, probably about the same age um sometime probably 10 or 11 so like yeah. 90 early 90s yeah. um and then i remember watching it one time after that when i was on one of my army movie binges <laughs> finding out that this it really isn't much of an army movie uh and then today <laughs> so three and times. is it as good as it was when you were 11 that's right yeah no yeah. no actually it probably is as good as it was when you were 11 probably just, yeah yeah the quality hasn't changed just your tastes have you know yeah it's it's just not that great a film and, and and it's funny when we started talking about this podcast i watched i think we came up with our first four that we were going to do and so i watched them and this was one of the original four we were going to do we're you know, sort of moving things around now and so i watched it and i guess i may have been doing something else I wasn't paying as close attention I should have. And I guess it didn't click what a shit film this is. Um, <laughs> like, it's a really bad film. Um, but you watch it now and you think, like, would you, would it, what did it cost? 15 million? 10. Ten, was 10. 10 million? Are you sure it was 10 million? Yeah. I thought it was like 15. But in any case, like, you look at the, you look at the, uh, uh, yeah, 10 million bucks. So that costs 5 million less than Top Gun. There was a lot of quality in that 5 million, I guess, like hiring a writer. You know, the <laughs> director. <laughs> well, they had a, they had a writer. They had three of them, and yeah, they took three of them to come up with that. That's uh, that's not a good sign for the writing ability of these guys. Like you say, not one of them said, "Guys, stop." Yeah, we've gone astray. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was a real winner. Um, so for me, sort of the big standout, having watched it this time, is how shoddy everything is. Like the this this guy who wants to retake his country, his. He's, he's got, I think, the same seven extras, you know, who seem to crop up again and again. And all of his henchmen 
look like these ratty guys they got out of the barrio in South LA, you know, or in East LA or something like that. It's hilarious. The only one of them who knows how to dress properly is uh, the black dude, Cook, and then Sully, who dresses like an 80s horror show. You know, that's, that was a winning suit he had. But Yeah, uh, well, and the funny thing is, for me, the biggest standout is how, uh, you know, it, it just looks like the u.s embrace this massive actor that and not massive being he's the biggest name in hollywood yeah. in the 80s but massive physically big, yeah, big guy physically a big guy and it's just like all right i don't care what you guys write put as him long in as it. it's him being big big yeah like and that's really what it was yeah it was, and there's so many examples of look how strong he is yeah. Yeah, the first scene he's carrying a log yeah, no one carries a tree log. I don't care how big you are. <laughs> With one arm and a chainsaw on the other. And hand. a chainsaw on the other. No problems whatsoever. And he's not debilitated for life. But yeah, so much of it is look how strong he is. He can turn over. He can rip seats out of cars. He can turn over vehicles. He lifts these guys straight up. So it's funny at the end of the movie when he finally takes on Bennett, who's, like they said so clearly, over overweight. And, you know, it's like, and they're an equal match. Like, how do you figure? Yeah, <laughs> and they build up. He's this. I guess they do claim that Bennett's a special ex special forces. forces yeah, who maybe you know probably one too many Big Macs yeah. since his retirement. Yeah. It's, it's but like yeah, you forget how to fight or forget how to do that yeah, stuff. But, but when you you know, compare I think it, the two side by side, it's not even a yeah. Not even a fight. It's it's like even if you know, it's even if that guy was a special forces and it was just Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's like look at the size of Schwarzenegger. He's huge and he's muscular and you know he's too muscular. I mean, I think I pointed out during the film a few times like. Jesus, you see it in his cheeks, like his face is muscular. It's like that just screams steroids. But uh, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get sued by Arnold Schwarzenegger. But uh, you know, so sort of going through it scene by scene. You know, it's like here it says retired Delta Force operator. I don't think they ever actually say what he was, other than he was a colonel. Other than yeah, I don't yeah. Think his so name is John Matrix is... from East Germany. Matrix, good East German name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and it starts out his the only thing they say is his unit. There's X units getting killed off. Yeah. And secret identities. And, and this one guy looks like just sort of every day. He looks like a lawyer. He gets nailed in his driveway in his in his in his in his uh, his pajamas. And then they kill the uh, another guy who's because apparently he went from uh, special forces uh, soldier to uh, a car salesman, and he gets killed because he jumps onto a guy's hood and is driven through glass from zero kilometers from an hour. from zero. Well, he did a little bit. He backed up first. But, oh right. Yeah, right. but it's like there's just no. Yeah, I guess they just had to find a way to kill him and like grinding his head under the wheel probably would have been pushing the PG rating a little bit. And he bit. was a car salesman, so it's not like there's a lot of good opportunity to kill him. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't have found him at his home and gunned him down while he's taking out the garbage. You know, that no. wouldn't work twice. And, of course, they fake the death of Bennett so badly. You know, Everyone's practically winking at him as he gets on the boat. He even nods at someone, and, of course, it blows up. It's like, that's very convincing. Absolutely. That's right. You know, yeah. um, and he's... You know, we learn later that the one member of this unit, uh, Bennett, who, again, this you know this this summary we're looking at says ex um, an Australian ex member, but they never say where he's from. We I mean I happen to know the actor is Australian. He's got an Australian accent, but he's changed it. He sounds like I think they're going for like punk British. Certainly, that's how he was dressed. <laughs> Nasty leather pants. And, you know, and so the next, of course, the next thing after all these deaths, we get to see Arnold with his, his stupid, uh, you know, foam uh, log. <laughs> foam log on his throat. And then we, you know, and then we get to see he's got this cute little daughter. And then we get a montage of them doing cutesy things like going out for ice cream and feeding a baby doe so we can see, oh, he's really a gentle giant. Well, and it's yeah. important to note that if he didn't love his daughter, 
the way he did in the montage. He wouldn't go after it. Yeah, totally, totally. We had to see he loved her, not just that he had a daughter. Yeah, the note on the fridge that said, I love you from when she was in kindergarten wasn't enough. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad they wasted two minutes of my life I can never have back the (laughs) montage. Well, I think she made that just before lunch because he seemed surprised to see it on the fridge. Oh, yeah, and he did respond to it like it was talking to him that day. Yeah. I love you too. I love you. I love you, Daddy. (laughs) What's in this sandwich? Don't ask. Okay. I love you too. Sandwiches. Why don't they just call him Girl George? It will cut down all the confusion, I think. Oh, Dad, that's so old. <laughs> now, when I was a boy and rock and roll came to East Germany, the communists said it was subversive. Maybe they were right. What's in this? You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's, yeah, whatever. And all they had to do was hire her, pay her to put something in the sandwich, and it would have been over. The movie would have been over in like. Oh, but she scene. loves him. She <laughs> she put she 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 jabbed her ice cream cone in his face. If that's love, I don't know what is. <laughs> so something to look forward to when your kid gets older. That's right. I yeah. love you, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know this immediately. You know this this helicopter shows up and. In rea- you know, it's actually realistic. He hears it coming, but then it buzzes the house so close you can practically see the eye color of the uh, the pilot. Like, what was the point of that? You think he didn't hear you the first ten minutes you were approaching? <laughs> yeah, just in case. You know, and he lands with these two hardcore special forces soldiers who didn't learn basic, you know, army basic training things like don't put your finger on the trigger. And Colonel Kirby, the second Kirby we've encountered today. There was right. General Kirby and Taps, and now there's Colonel Kirby here. Or is it the other way around? Yes, General Kirby in this one, Colonel Kirby in Taps. Right. So, you know, whatever, Kirby, you know. um, (laughs) When he shows up, they're killing off your units, you know, so we're going to leave two guys here. Like, two guys, huh? Really? Two guys. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that, you know, they say later that we were waiting for Kirby to get nervous and track you down. The thing is, they were there before the helicopter was. Otherwise, how did they arrive there that quickly? Right. Because they were in wait. Presumably, the guy, you know, you would have heard another helicopter coming or seen another. So they were waiting. So they actually didn't need to wait for Colonel Kirby unless he, I don't know, announced where he was going to talk to Schwarzenegger and someone overheard in the office. But they don't tell us that. Right. They just say, we followed you. Well, I guess not because you were lying in wait when they, you know, when they landed. And, of course, the minute he takes off ever saying, we'll take care of this, of course, the shooting starts. And one of these hardcore special forces soldiers is dead. And the other is shot on the arm, which, of course, means we're going to find him dead later. And, and, and of course, then he goes to his, uh, his woodshed to get his gun, which is like this high-tech end of, you know, World War III is coming gun collection. He's got assault rifles, apparently from all over the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and he's just got access to get up and run and get those. Yeah, and there was like how many guys? One, two, three. Those like, those went half a dozen. You know, there's like five or six guys beat the shit out of him on that road later. So, oh yeah, yeah. So it's like that, that's a winner. But of course, he has to have some big scary weapon. He can't have some weenie hunting rifle because he's a manly man. Yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious. And when it's all said and done, he's how many of those guys? He kills the first guy, the one who's sent to negotiate with him. Yeah, right. The guy who can help him get his daughter. Got to help one. Yeah, number one. Yeah, that's one of four. Where is she? Mellow out, man. We can't talk business with you waving guns in people's faces. Your daughter's safe, Colonel. Whether she stays that way is up to you. My people got some business with you. And if you want your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong.
and then he you know he goes out there and he discovers his his um his uh his SUV or what counted as I guess the sort of before his bronco. the his bronco yeah is the SUVs before there were SUVs has been all messed up so now we get another chance to see that Arnold is strong so he pushes this vehicle to get it going down the side of a mountain and of course he's there just in time to mi- just barely miss the escape vehicles with his daughter in the back what would have happened if he'd hit that vehicle and killed his daughter yeah. and then he keeps going they manage to get all the way down the trail and he's right there again and footage that looks very familiar to the first time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, just, let's just flip this. Yeah. You know, it's like, we don't have money for the rest of this. And he gets in and of course he winds up, he goes off and he smashes, like he goes like nose into the ground. And he walks away from that. There's no, there's no uh, airbag. He lands nose first on, you know, this vehicle, it explodes. He walks away. So apparently he's still the Terminator. Yeah. He's still got the damn haircut from the Terminator. Um, he beats up a bunch of dudes. He gets, Beat up and kicked, captured. Up. Yeah, you get, you know, with a standard uh, tranquilizer, which was instant. Hits him in the stomach and he's down. And he's down. That's impressive. I want to find those drugs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Rohypnol, watch out. Yeah, <laughs> no, he roofied him, yeah. yeah. Well, considering the sort of the creepy shit that Bennett dresses in, I'm not going to put that on. Yeah, I'm not going to put that past then him. Then they scanned him chained to a table to tell him how they're going to make his life miserable because he has to go do this mission for them to see his daughter again. Yeah, and it's like, is there anyone in the audience, even in the 80s when action movies were still sort of a new thing, does anyone who's like, oh, they're totally going to hand his daughter back to him? That makes total sense. But I mean, look, what's he going to do? She's got, you know, the kid. And I I was actually kind of a scary little scene there, you know, where you've got Alyssa Milano on a wheelchair tied and gagged, and she's looking really dirty, and they've got a knife to her. And I'm thinking, like, I don't remember what this film was rated, but, uh, oh, it was restricted. Okay. But still, I mean, like, can you imagine, can you imagine a, a 12 year old actress agent saying, oh, let's totally, that's a scene we want. Yeah. We like, they, like there's just like, I, and, and I can't imagine like a studio exec saying, yeah, that's a cool idea. Let's absolutely show that. I can't help but think that it would be done on video and they'd use a body double, you know, an actress who was 18. Right. It's just because that's a little scary. It's the one thing in this film that makes it deadly serious. Everything else is a joke. <laughs> but you know they put him on this plane and of course he t- you know he, he says you know he says to Bennett you know I'm coming for you and I'll be back Bennett John I'll be ready John there's Bennett and uh, the black dude I can't remember his name and then Sully was the Sully's the the badly dressed 80s slime bag used car salesman Cook that's his name the black guy is Cook Cook and Bennett drive off and he's left with the big tall dude who's I don't think we ever learn his name and Sully and he gets on and Sully sees the two of them onto a plane he heads off and the other big guy gets his nose or gets his neck broken no one notices he's sitting on the first class wide open seats and no one notices him elbow the guy in the chin and crack his neck no one notices that totally fine and he finds his way off that plane in the stupidest way possible by jumping like finding the wheel well just as it took off just as it took off and you know there's there's the next example of you know the trauma he avoids he falls on these reeds those reeds are not soft they're pointed straight up how is it he's not (laughs) impaled in awful places but no he walks away so that's the second trauma you know jumping out of a plane onto those terrible reeds and like if you notice it lands and they, they just did a terrible cut of it they didn't show him sort of getting his bearings and then heading off he lands and just goes 
Right, and then he's on a city bus, and he's well. He hopped on. A, I think. I think it was like a bus that takes you to. You remember? Everyone gets on their planes oh, by a right. stairwell. So I think this is like to transport. This is used to transport people from gate A to your plane, which may not be up, may not have a walkway. But he's got to get back to the airport to find Sully. Yeah, well, he's like. I mean, he's only ever outside the airport. But yeah, it's yeah. an airport runway is not twenty feet long. You've got a is a little bit of a jog involved, and no one notices the guy jogging along the. Right, you know, the airport security was a lot less in the eighties. Yeah, and it well, it kind of was, but I think someone might have noted the big beluga, you know, beluga running down. But anyway, he gets back into the airport and he sees that Sully is is being like super creepy with this stewardess played by Ray Dong Chong, Don Chong, not Dong Chong, Ray Don Chong. Yeah, I'm sure she's. I'm sure that was a wonder for her in junior high. Yeah, name like that, and. Sully's being like super creepy to her and he's like she's on the phone talking to a friend who was supposed to get together with her and he's being like he's like trying to pick her up while she's on the phone and he's being super slimy he's looking her over and it's like is there a guy out there even in the 1980s who thought that would work but I guess there are you know I hear horror stories all the time women who are cat called on the streets because that's gross man and then the best part is she walks to her car and he follows and he's not, following not her. way behind he's like right on her feet tail, behind yeah. her just like boom, 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 to, to do one last ditch attempt yeah. to hit on her and when she says no vehicle. yeah you fucking whore it's like yeah because she's done jackass. something to be a horror to like warrant that pass but it i think it's the way to bring her into the show yeah she, she, his... she now has a reason to not just think he's icky but to hate him right yeah, but he comes off as just like super icky. Like, well, and the good news about all of this is, it gives Arnold a chance to show how strong he is again. Again, by tearing open the, the door and rip the car seat out so he can fit in. This yeah, she's tiny in this car. baby little car. Yeah, and she's freaking out because now she's being victimized by the second man, who's threatened her. I mean, he's she may he never he may never have said I was going to kill you. In fact, he assures her he won't. But I'm sorry, he's terrifying. Don't move. I'm not going to hurt you. Step aside. You said don't move. Do it. <laughs> and she's followed the first off guy. a plane. Yeah, so just a, dirty j- and probably reeks, jet fuel and everything else. And she'll follow him. Follow him. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> At this point, she just becomes whiny. So she follows them to what I'm told is the worst mall in LA, which is the Galleria. And by the look of it, it's a pretty crappy looking mall. <laughs> a lot, lot of neon and uh, and day glow colors, pastel colors are very popular in the 80s. You know, it's pretty, pretty gross. And I'm not even, I don't think it ever came out why he was there. I mean, obviously he was paying some guy who looks like he's out of every bad movie about a Colombian drug cartel. He's got to go meet the CD guy and that's the, the CD place to meet people. Of course, at a restaurant in the Galleria. I mean, a yuppie, you know, a yuppie restaurant and bar. But the funny thing is, is that he gives this guy, the seedy guy, who of course has got the, the, like, he looks like a bad extra from Miami Vice. He's got the hat and the, you know, the the pastel shirt and the, and the white undershirt. And creepy mustache. Creepy mustache. Well, the, this is a South American bad guy group, so they all have bad mustaches, of course. And he gives, he, he receives this, this big, uh, this big briefcase of money and Sully gets all these passports, but they never really explain what they're for. Yeah, no, I... Because the guy who followed Schwarzenegger onto the plane clearly didn't need a false passport. He just got on the plane. And he's not... He's, he's an American. Remember, he and Sully served in the Army. They, they talk about that in yeah. the airport. So it's like, what are these even for? 
And when, you know, after, you know, they chase Sully down in a stupid car wreck where we get to see yet another example of Schwarzenegger walking away from a massive body trauma, he wraps the, the tiny little convertible he's stolen around a, a tree or a, a light pole. Are you all right? I think I'm dead. You're all right. Well, I think the you best know, part to even get to that is he gets into this fight with all these mall cops. Yeah, right. Yeah, we, he yeah. tells her to go and flirt with him because he needs yeah sully yeah the, yeah the, this he bad guy. needs sully so go flirt with him and she bring goes him to the cops here. so she goes yeah. to the, the, mall the mall cops, cops yeah who are gonna take this yeah. huge motherfucker yeah. One of the, down. yeah one of them says yeah want to see me kick some ass and he says attention all units emergency on a theater level suspect six foot two brown hair He's one gigantic motherfucker yeah and it's like Somewhere you know some someone in in like one of the producers going. This is the money shot. This is how we get our bona fides as a kick-ass you know action film. Yeah, well, and yeah. then they so they mall cops turn into real cops somehow. Well, the real a, cops show up, but there's a lot of mall fights. cops there. It's like, how big is this mall, and how much crime is there that they seem to have like twenty mall cops, some of whom have guns, like guns. And I think maybe the ones with the guns are all actual, actual cops. cops. Yeah, the I one mean, she the one that Radon. Chong knocks down the stairs as a real cop. Yeah, and at some point she decides, wait, I shouldn't have gone to the police. This is a hero. Yeah, be- why? Because she's watching him assault a dozen people. Saves saves him ultimately. John Matrix, yeah, and then yeah. they drive off in this chase. The best part is, is that he actually stops to pick her up because she's going to fulfill some need for him in this film. He, the commando, the special forces guy needs, needs her. Some needs in her high heels. Yeah, yeah. in her high heels. Yeah, her, yeah. She, yeah. He, she, she's a, she's an important part so of the stops plot. to pick her up, and then the car chase ensues, and and yeah, and and, and it ends with you know with uh, Sully and his his Porsche 911 being turned on its side, and he winds up wrapping his little car or her little car around uh, the flagpole and or the, the flagpole, the uh, the light pole, and it's like again trauma number three. How did this guy survive it? <laughs> And it's funny because when he goes to Sully, like we were talking about the passports he buys, he doesn't take the passports off of Sully. He just takes the keys to the motel that he's got. So clearly these passports were not important. Yeah, it's more the meeting place for some reason. Yeah, that's kind of a plot hole. Yeah. And it's like one of those things that, of course, Matrix has no idea that those, he never saw the 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 pass off. Maybe he saw uh, the, uh, the CD, the CD South American guy get shot and throw his money everywhere when the, when the uh, briefcase opens, but he has no idea what, what that money's for. Right. So he doesn't know to look for it, but the writers do. So you think the writers would say, okay, John matrix finds these decides he doesn't need them, but no, no, he just never finds them. Doesn't so what the hell them. were they for yeah. to get him and cook off the, you know, out of the country? Well, they presumably were going to, get on a boat or go over with the army that's oddly massing on the docks of LA, you yeah, know, no howitzers and, and tanks and, and, and enough machine guns. It makes the, it makes um, the, uh, the arsenal from Bunker Hill Academy and taps look tame. <laughs> and it's like, no one notices this. And clearly they were going to ship over with this army or maybe they weren't, but either way, what do they need those passports for? It's like they needed to get Sully in a position where, we could, we, you know, you know, Schwarzenegger and therefore the camera could catch up with him, but it just never goes anywhere. I know it's shocking. These three first class writers leaving a hole in the plot like this. I'm, I need to sit down. I think we need to pause this and take a break, but it's pretty silly. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it really doesn't. And then this is guy number two. Number three. Uh, Number number Sully's number two. That's right. Because then they go to the the actual hotel. plane would be number two. Could probably help him get his Right, daughter. so that's number two. Sully's number three. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? 
That's right, Matrix. You did. I lied. And then they go to the hotel to meet Cook, the other the other black dude who drove off with Bennett. And there's this dumbass fight. Like even I mean even Ray Don Chong saying these guys eat too much red meat. You scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because this green beret is gonna kick your big ass. I eat green berets for breakfast. And right now I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. Even she realizes this is nonsense. The good news is some fake boobies make their appearance. I'm not sure if they're fake or not, but of course we had to have, if, you, hey, if you're going to have one big motherfucker and you're going to have lots of people get gored and slashed and axed, you got to have boobs. And it's the first set of 80s boobs we've seen today. This is true. We watched so, three 80s movies. 80s movies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know. So a little bit of an action scene, and they get into a fight in this hotel, and he impales him. So that's number four. He, yeah. Yeah. He punches him. Like, it's his fault. Cook dies. He doesn't like kill him in a fight. He punches him. The guy stumbles backwards and falls onto a conveniently placed pike of wood, a broken table. <laughs> and of course, so he gets nothing out of him. So. The only reason they know where to go after killing four people who want to help him find his daughter is they find what was it in, in his in his glove compartment? They conveniently find a the receipt for, uh, the receipt the... for uh, seaplane fuel. Right. And they go there, and they go. They don't even go to that place. Eh? They go to somewhere else. Actually, maybe they follow the. Like she knew where. This yeah, place, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the receipt had you know th this company, and they go to this company, and inside is this this small South American army. Where he manages to sneak in with artillery, with artillery and... howitzers, you know, just things you buy locally, right? Yeah, and they're shipping you know. it off on this boat or on this seaplane. We're missing a partner. Is there already there? He raids the he raid before he goes. Remember, before they go to the seaplane, they raid the sur the surplus store. Oh, because yeah, he needs an he needs a every machine gun ever made, yeah. one of each. Yeah, that's where we learn that in American military surplus stores, you can get rockets. Yeah, so if you if you're an avid gunsman. You yeah, go to wherever they are in LA, and, and you can pretty much get what you want. Machine there guns. That was and, yeah. like, uh, that's the apocalypse store. I think. Yeah, no kidding. It's just, <laughs> I just like the old surplus on the corner, Seven Eleven. Get your Slurpee and whatever machine gun you've ever. Yeah, wanted. And, and, and the and the four tube RPG. Don't forget that the four. Tube, a few of them. A few. Well, no, it was just the one because she fires off two. Oh right, right. Mm -hmm. She makes the mistake, and then she blows up the police van. Somehow, not killing well, and him. And he gets arrested in the surplus. Yeah, and then he's yeah. shopping. Yeah, That's and so right. she fires the, the rocket. The one goes backwards, and the other goes into the police van, knocks a hole in the bottom, lifts that thing, and goes tumbling. Again, next. This is trauma number three, four now. Four, yeah, the crash five. on the mountain. A crash on the mountain. The reeds. The wrapping the car around the pole, right, and now four. getting your 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 police van blown up. He walks away. At this point, he has no damage. No damage. Well, that Full shirt health. seems to get. He has a V-neck shirt that keeps getting torn more and more open. That seems to be the, like the only casualty so far, other than all these people he's murdered, is like this shirt of his, which at this point must just reek, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and good deodorant. Yeah. So then they go off. They see the army and they steal the plane. And uh, here's where I give credit to the oral knots. These two guys who, who recorded this wonderful video called the Schwarzenegger kill count. And so they say, this is the movie where Schwarzenegger is on a quest to kill as many people as publicly as possible because everyone he kills seems to be, it seems to be in full view of everyone or it's in a wide open field or in a dock where 50 other people could see it. And it's just like, Really? Well, and the good news is she's taking flight Flight lessons. lessons. Yeah, quite convenient. So she but can fly this plane. plane that she's never seen. Oh, there's no LED display. What but, am I supposed to do? But a couple buttons. And, and of course, the plane punches. won't start. But punching the control panel yeah. fires it up. Absolutely, so. because it makes that connection. And yeah. just as they're about to hit a boat, 
he knows to reach and pull the lifter push, on push, the... push the throttle. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and, it, and it misses. It's, it's one of those things like it's all, we laugh at it because these are tropes, but they're tropes because they were in the eighties. They were not yet tropes. They were things that, I don't know, I guess we're not so common, but you look at it and I go, are you fucking kidding? They, they may have needed the three writers because they may have been firing them consecutively throughout the show. Yeah, these they are the didn't want to go back because of the $10 million price tag. So Yeah, like it just, this is like thunder. <laughs> hey, Mike, get that other writer out here. We need them. Yeah, right we are. <laughs> we just fight, or maybe they're writing it on the fly. That could have been happening too. I don't know. Wrote on the back of a cocktail nap. Yeah. Well, scene one will be here, and this will be a fight scene. We'll go here, and we'll go there. We'll, like, we'll show how strong he is. Absolutely. I'm wondering whether something like that was not in the contract. Like, seriously. Like, how whether... Times, yeah. Where he said, like, you must show how strong he is. Yeah. The one thing I've learned about Special Forces soldiers I've met, and let's be clear, I've never served with a Special Forces soldier, but I've met them in my time in the Army, mostly at the number one Legion on Remembrance Day. Most of these guys don't look like Schwarzenegger. They don't have 10 hours a day to work out. They are not muscle-bound because there's no way in the field they can maintain that. Don't get me wrong. They're strong and highly skilled and all that sort of stuff. But most of them look pretty damn regular with a nice defined set of muscles. Not that I'm asking them to take off their shirts in the middle of a Remembrance Day you know, reception, <laughs> but they don't look like Schwarzenegger. And they sure shit don't look, sure shit don't look like Bennett, who I get, I, you know, was thrown off... Uh, Schwarzenegger's team at some point and apparently just drowned his sorrows at the local McDonald's. Hit me again. Sir, it's your fifth Big Mac. Hit me again. Yeah, you know, big, every day is Big Mac day in Bennett's life. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> well, it's funny because like that, you know, the, we, you know, we make fun of what he's wearing, like the, the nasty leather shorts and the chain mail and leather shirt. And it's like, clearly they were trying to hide the gut this actor had acquired. Like, it's like they saw him in, in the road warrior, the actor and went, I want that guy. He's got that mad dog look in his eyes. And he stepped off the plane in Los Angeles. And they went, what the hell happened to you? Did well, anyone, contract signed. Contract signed too late. We've already flown him out here. We might as well use him. Yeah. Some, you know, showed him to the costume or make him look less fat. Yeah. But you see it in the arms, like the flat oh, yeah. arms. He's got no the definition at all. Yeah. They try to portray him as this huge guy, this yeah. big motherfucker, but he's just not. No, he's not. I mean, you get the impression this guy, I mean, he likes the killing too much. So he's the psychopath. Oh, okay. But he seems pretty calm the whole way throughout. He seems pretty collected. He's the one who's got the plan. He's just this fat fuck. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. job well, of the hot with, and a, then, with a knife. Uh, you know, and then they're flying the seaplane and they land off the coast of wherever Valverde Valverde a fake island yeah and And another chance to see how muscular he is in his black at some point he takes all his clothes off because he's got to get into a boat in his tidy blackies so we can see him yeah we can see him rowing and see those muscles go and it's like you're about to land on a hostile island, but don't worry. They'll give you 15 minutes to put all that gear on. Yeah, that he got at the surplus. That he got at the surplus. And the police didn't take away when they arrested him. Well, no, because that was all in her car. She already loaded it oh, up. Oh, right, right. He It was the second load that <laughs> he lost. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was all the stuff in her car. But it's like, it's a long flight. Well, I don't know. It's either an 11-hour flight from Los Angeles to Valverde, or it's like a five-hour flight in a shitty little seaplane. One or the other. might go faster. Maybe they have the... It, the magic, yeah, the magic, this, yeah. yeah it's, and, and it's like during all that time, he couldn't take those fifteen minutes to, I don't know, suit up, put some gear on, put yeah. some gear on. He took his clothes off instead, yeah, because he couldn't row to the beach in his shirt. His shirt, of course, ripped not. more and more. Of course, yeah, that shirt had done its duty. It had, it had turned into a nice from a, from a, a nice buttoned V neck to practically hanging off his shoulders like a woman's uh, shoulderless dress, like from the fifties. <laughs> 
I couldn't help but think of like Miss Scarlet's dress from Clue, which is sort of barely hangs off the shoulders. Right. It's like, you know, they just, again, I, I sort of wonder whether it's like, was this in the contract or is it just like, let's make this guy look like he's got muscles. Right. So he rows to shore, he suits up and it's like this, give your, you know, give your right wing militiamen a boner scene with the, the gun goes in and the knife goes in and makes all these clicking and into leather sounds and... himself up with his tiger stripe paint and then there's the scene with him you know with a rocket launcher in one hand and the machine gun over the shoulder and he walks into the camera and again you know the director was going this is going in the trailer this this right here this is going to be the trailer schwarzenegger gearing up <laughs> and like you say this this tropical south american island which seems to be like all farmland yeah and then all <laughs> of it, he showed this montage of him getting there is through this like jungle yeah. over this bridge and yeah, it's like, and then it's, it's like the most ideal place ever. Yeah, and then yeah, he shows up and and starts killing people silently, throwing knives. Yeah, no at one, no one ever has a chance. No, you know the guy gets it in the throat. Okay, fine, he can't scream for help. The guy in the chest, if you know, I I, I've never been stabbed in the chest myself, but I think if you decided you didn't want to do this podcast anymore and you reached for a knife and like drove it into my chest, I think I might scream. Or, I'm just saying. Yeah. You could, I, you know, <laughs> or you might keep recording because you wouldn't want to miss good footage. Absolutely, you know. So this would be our, <laughs> this, this would be our this would be our last podcast. But yeah, it's like he man, and, and the funny thing is like he manages to put these claymores. The funny thing is he puts one in that tower, but we see like a minute earlier he guns down the guard in that tower. So how did he scale that tower, put an explosive in it without the guy looking around going, huh? There's like how do you climbing my watchtower? Yeah, it's and like the worst watchtower ever. ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no way to approach that except for the building it's beside. But don't worry, because he surrounded that thing, which is totally not just a bunch of boards hammered together to look like a building. No, not at all. In the meantime, you know, Alyssa Milano's made her great escape through the yeah by balsa prying a, wood. Yeah, by <laughs> prying prying through the balsa wood that Bennett will later. And it's funny because he stumbles through it and he collapses like a fat guy fl like flings himself through and he falls over but yeah like he sets up all these explosions or all these bombs and then the army comes at him and the army you ever see hot shots part two? Oh yeah where there's one part where you know uh, uh charlie sheen is just shooting these guys and they're standing and they're falling over one after the other like synchronized swimmers falling into the pool i swear this is what they were thinking about when they did it because these guys are just they're walking into the fire well, there's there's hundreds of these guys it appears they're trying to portray yeah. this massive army and they're all walking into the fire and they're all walking into the fire down one alleyway they're not approaching them from any other side yeah, this just open straight on yard it's just yes. which way is he shooting let's go at him that let's way. go at him that way yeah exactly <laughs> and and then you know back to the, you know the, the oral knots these two guys who did this great uh, you know kill count like they joke like how did they decide who got a little bit of extra camera level like, who can do that machine gun shimmy where you sort of sh you know you jiggle your shoulders back and forth, which is great if you're about to be killed in an 80s action film. Or I guess if you're... Truffle a, Shuffle. You, what the hell's that? From Goonies. Yes, but that was the stomach. Yeah. Yeah, so, he, he yeah that's, the the adult, that's the adult shape. murderous version of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's great either if you're going to be dying in an 80s action film or if, I guess if you're a stripper and you just took your shirt off and you just wiggle those, <laughs> yeah. wiggle those shoulders. It's so funny. You know, in the 80s, how do you die? How do you know a guy's been shot? He He goes back and forth. It's like... Try picture hanging a 200 pound of meat and firing the firing into it several times. 
it doesn't shimmy on the hook. It barely moves. It barely moves <laughs> because these are high-velocity rounds. And, you know, it's just, it's hilarious. And it's like, it's this massive killing spree. Like, I think it may be his biggest killing spree in a movie other than the police station in Terminator. Well, and for some reason, right after this, the military decommissioned these weapons that were unlimited bullets. Yeah, I, man. Why when I have... was in the military, I had to change rounds. Really, or like mags every. Your, your bags rounds. only had thirty. Your bags only had thirty rounds each. It wasn't like the bottomless pit. No, and no, I, I don't know how you can carry three hundred rounds, five or three to five hundred rounds per mag, and not be weighed down. Not be weighed down. Well, he's Schwarzenegger. He's and so he strong. One hand from the hip. No yeah, with, with, with an AK forty-seven that has an elongated barrel, so because it has a tripod, so you can use it as like a you know, like a, a mounted weapon. It's like, yeah, this guy's firing it. Yeah, I mean, to, to his credit, he does hold it most of the time with both hands, but he's holding the barrel yeah. <laughs> of a firearm. So Probably didn't get very hot, though. Those no, he only fired four or 500 rounds. Yeah. One of, it's totally not hot. You'd be able to see the bullets passing through the barrel at that point. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so his right hand or his left hand is, you know, probably should be like one big black, crispy charred skin he's got uh, a good slip. callus there yeah he's got a good that's right he's, he's been doing, well he's a currently he's been doing this for a while that's right you know and it's just so, you know best, so he sets off the explosives and they actually we went back and looked and yeah, it it's looks like, like they're dummies. building up a model but all the army guys become these like plastic figurines yeah and, and it's funny like that you could you could see they had really nailed them into the ground because i mean that was a fair bit of explosives even for like movie magic and those suckers didn't move even when, like, the front wall, which is, again, totally not a movie set, just collapses onto them. And they're holding it up. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. those are those are the three soldiers they should have sent to deal with him, <laughs> not the army of, of disposables. We didn't check, but maybe one of those writers is also one of the three special effects guys. They, like, double duty. Yeah, yeah and, <laughs> and did just as good a job at, uh, as, did just as good a job at both. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, wow, these writers, like, I almost want to go into IMDb and see if they've done anything, but I don't think I want to shame them any more publicly than they already have That's been. Right. Well, and, I mean, 86, so Top Gun comes out a year later, and they don't use these fancy uh, Wasn't 86, uh, 2000? Taps, 86. Well, Taps is 81, and Top Gun was 86, so pretty 86. much the same. So they were both made at the same time. similar guy. time, and, I, I mean, they didn't... They used some pretty good special effects in Top Gun, but it no Well, yeah, but that was all... There was no explosions in Top Gun. Well, there right. are, but there was a couple, but... Yeah, I guess it, it was all Navy not flying. apples yeah. to apples, but yeah, it's it's, uh, it's just funny that back then that was probably really cool. Yeah, I mean, if you think about like Platoon, same time period, I think in fact the same year, its special effects aren't much better. The difference was is that, I mean, if Oliver Stone, I mean, even in the 80s, he was a master filmmaker. I mean, I think he's a conspiratorial nut, but you can't doubt the fact that he's a good you know filmmaker. And when he did Platoon, which maybe we'll do at some point, he he's able to do much with much more. The difference is, of course, is that Oliver Stone, like Platoon is his story. And you knew that, right? Right. That's his story. He was there. He was in Vietnam. He knows what violence looks like. I'm going to take, take a wild shot in the dark and say 99% of the people who were on this on commando had never seen anything close to the real military in their they lives. they got this big guy. But they got this big guy, and he needs to be shown as strong and unstoppable. And he is strong and unstoppable until he meets the fat, flabby ass, mentally unstable nutbag Bennett. Come on, Bennett. Let's party. I can beat you. I don't need the girl. I don't need the girl. I don't need the gun, John. I can beat you. I don't need no gun. 
who they have in the film because they found out too late he gained 50 pounds in McDonald's. <laughs> and they're like equivalent. Yeah. yeah and I mean, it's hilarious. Like it's, and it's not even a good fight. No, it's a terrible fight scene. Oh, and then it's he kicks him into, the, into this, you know, he, he, he takes a few thousand volts of electricity, he screams, and then goes right back at Schwarzenegger in the middle of this fight because it's like a Transformers cartoon where grabbing hold of the power line energizes you, Autobot. No, not so much. This guy would have been just... Like, I'm not sure if you ever accidentally got electrocuted. I have been. Oh, I've grabbed 110 power and got a decent shot. Oh, yeah. You work, you work in construction. I imagine you've been, you've, you've taken it pretty hard. If you not could. even, and, and it's enough to give you a good jolt. And that's only 110 power. This is not a unmarked, well, it says electric fence, but it's not blowing you, you, sparks you, you, out yeah, my hands. And Yeah. Like, I mean, I one time accidentally put my finger in a, in a plug. Yeah. And it was this weird, gross feeling. But even that gave me pause. Like I, st- I mean, I, I mean, I pulled my finger. I wasn't like I was there for an hour. I was, you know, maybe a second. But in that second, I sat there and I was totally stunned. Yeah. Like, what just happened? It was this weird feeling I will never ever forget and don't ever ever want to repeat. It was well, a horrible feeling. And, and this moment in this fight scene, they're they're hitting a fence that they use later on, a few years later in Jurassic Park to protect from yep. dinosaurs. <laughs> but this guy is no problem. Yeah, right in fact, he's in energized. He's even more yeah. so. He's had the shit beat out of him. Like you know, like I was saying, like I'm not sure if you've ever been punched. I have been. I was mugged once, and this guy clocked me once, and I was down. I mean, he was bigger than me. He was stronger than me. He came down. And clocked me, and and I was I was done. That's the yeah, one thing it, that that's one thing that always frustrates me about action movies is that these guys fight and they can take this insane amount of punishment. Like by the time Schwarzenegger gets to this point, we've sort of blown past so much because it's I'm sorry, it's a bad movie. But he takes shrapnel to the right side, so no, nothing there like you know your liver that will kill you. You'll bleed out. Nothing there is going to bother him. He, he gets takes shot a, in the arm. He got shot first, in the yeah. arm. You know, one thing we learn in movies is that you can shot in the arm. There's nothing there like, you know, muscle and major arteries or anything. Oh, wait, there are. Oh, he's been it. running on pure adrenaline for like four straight hours. Four, well, yeah. Since and he became, came ashore. Yeah, so he's, he's still, I mean, maybe he slept for the time there, but. Well, he had to row from the plane. Row so from, would, yeah. So he's, yeah, <laughs> and this underwear. guy is, yeah, this guy is not, this guy is not well-rested, fed, and he doesn't have a Red Bull in him. And it's just, like I said, it's just in action movies, these guys are just freaking indestructible. And it bothers me because if you look at a real fight, like you ever see the movie Rob Roy where they have that, that, that sword fight in the end and it was hailed for its accuracy? Because these guys are exhausted after two minutes. Yeah. Like yeah, they're exactly. just done. You know, and, and that's like realistic. Fights don't last a long time unless you're an 80s movie where you can just take just haymaker after haymaker to the head. <laughs> And you're fine. And then, of course, it's the standard arc. You'll start to beat the bad guy, but then he'll get the upper hand, bring you to the edge of loss. And then you'll come back and you'll find something overpoweringly awesome. Like in this case, what does he do? He rips a metal pipe. He rips it off the wall and hurls it Javelism. 20 meters. Yeah, <laughs> 20 meters through the down this hallway. And not only does it go straight through a man's rib cage and out the rib cage and the uh, you know and the spinal cord but impales him in a metal boiler that's like really yeah well and leading up to that 
they rip a door off the industrial <laughs> boiler that has no heat at all. No heat at all. Big yeah. flame. Yeah. Maybe he could they... rip it off because it's a rusty piece of shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's how hot is the inside of that door? Yeah, they grab onto that. Like it's it's a really bad scene. And well, I... he has, but he has gloves on. Bennett has gloves on when oh, he does it. <laughs> well, not the tips of his fingers. Yeah, exactly. Those are gone. BD, yeah, those, those are gone. BDSM gloves on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're wrong with the rest of his yeah. nasty outfit. So it's uh, you know it's funny because from the time he gets there and. I'm not going to say that the movie was good to that point. This was not a good movie. But the scene, this whole finishing climax is so silly. What we've got to the climax of this whole movie is just so bad right from start to finish. And and then, of course, he impales him and throws out his last one liner of. Yeah. Blow, off some, Blow off some steam. Blow off some steam. The like, boiler comes out the end of the pipe. The frozen pipe, yeah. yeah. And then he goes out to the to the the beach where three shitty army helicopters show up with Radong Chong in her seaplane following behind because she's decided not only does she want to help this guy, but she wants to fly back into what she fully expects will be a full-on war zone. <laughs> now you remember the message. Commando, Kirby, Code Red, coordinates, got it. Don't break radio silence until they see me. How will I know? Because all fucking hell is going to break loose. Behind the military helicopters. Yeah, behind the military helicopters. How those helicopters fly all the way out there, I'm sure helicopters don't have that kind of range. Certainly not Hueys and civilian jet copters that have been spray-painted green for the movie. And this is supposed to be some American... City, town, city? No, no, it's like this... It, it, I think it's meant to be like a banana republic in the Caribbean. And the U.S. military can just go in there with no clearances or anything, no problem, with two helicopters. With three and, helicopters, And yeah. army guys. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Well, you know, they're going to rescue him, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's silly. It's very silly. Though, I, I'll be honest, I don't know if he ever goes to Valverde, now that I think about it. I don't know where they are. But... Because they go to the island where the evil former president is. Not... He's supposed to go to Valverde. He doesn't. So I wonder if Valverde is a, whatever it is. Like the, the fact that we have, the fact that we've gone all the time of this recording and not clued into the fact that he may not actually have gone to Valverde. He and may have gone was, to a second island where the bad guy was hiding with his daughter. And it might have been an eleven-hour flight on a on a commercial flight or a five-hour flight, flight on, on a, a on a on a crappy little seaplane that yeah, Indiana Jones really took, poor yeah, that took, plot. Yeah, it's well, it's one of these things. They just they wanted Schwarzenegger. They wanted bullets. It's an 80s action film. Of course, the first question we ask at the end of our podcast is, does it hold up? Holy shit, does this not hold up? Like, Did it ever it, hold up? <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, again, maybe it was that Alyssa Milano is my age. And I was really smitten with her. I wasn't one of these guys who had creepy posters of her from like Teen Beat magazine. But she was super good looking. And her character in Who's the Boss appealed to me. And I thought, this is the sort of girlfriend I want. Okay, I'm 11. I had no freaking clue. But it appealed to me because she appealed to me. And I like the dry humor. I admit, I still like the dry humor. Like when this big, you know, galoot of a henchman gets on the flight with, uh, with Schwarzenegger at the beginning of the film. And any carry-on luggage? Just him. That's cute. You gotta give him credit. That's a cute one. There's some good. There are some good one-liners. There, blow off some steam. As bad as it, it got is, to that it's, point, it's, it's like, kind of corny and funny. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> funny because it's bad. Let off some steam, Bennett. Yeah. Whereas just him is a funny line, but like remember when I remember when I promised to kill you last? I lied. That's not funny, but it's it's one of it's it's right up there with I'll be back. Right. Oh, so it's it's a Schwarzenegger line. But the problem is they try those so many times. Like the last line in the film when Kirby says, "You'll be back," 
And he says, no chance. He says, until the next time. And he, or he says, no, I won't. He says, and then Kirby says, until the next time. And he turns back over his shoulder. No chance. It's like they, it's like they decided he couldn't have one good line to remember this film by. Like, I'll be back. There had to be like four or five. Whereas you look at the good movies where they employ that sort of silliness and there's, I'll be back. And then in Terminator 2, it's Hasta la Vista Baby. Right. And they're meaningful lines because, you know, the first one, it's like, he'll be, yeah, he'll be back. He slaughters a, a police station full of, uh, full of cops. And Hasta la Vista Baby, it's him being the father figure, being taught how to be human. And there's an emotional meaning here. There's none of that here. This guy, John Matrix, again, the good German name, Matrix, you know, who's a special forces soldier. That's what you know about him. Where's the mother? Who knows? Where's the daughter? Well, she's living in seclusion with him. Well, that seems safe. Who are these other guys? Don't know. He worked for the army. What kind of unit? Don't know. You know it's like, there's no, I often, like, I saw Valerian last night and it's, it's like a typical comic book science fiction. The lore is a mile wide and an inch deep. There's just no depth. Right. And so it's hard to give a damn. Here, it's not even a mile wide and an inch deep. It's an inch wide and an inch deep. Like, there's nothing. Well, and, the, and the reason we're talking about this movie even at all is we thought this movie was cool. Yeah. It's the as same. As a kid, I, I loved it. Yeah. And when I watched it, I thought, I remembered this as like an army movie. Like, oh, it's cool. It's this. But it's not. It's, it's not. It's, it's, it's just, it's just a, a bad film. It's a bad action movie from the 80s. Yeah. So. And and Alyssa Milano is not much less than I thought. Like, I'm not sure. Maybe as a kid, I just like, anytime I saw her, I was happy. But it's not like, she's not a strong female character. I think they tried in an 80s way to make her a strong female character. She tells off the enemy. She's not afraid. She takes, we, get, learns like special forces fight. Yeah, we see that he's teaching her to be a tough girl. And then she escapes on her own and all that sort of stuff. And good for her. But then you compare her to like a strong female character of more or less the same age from this generation, like Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. Like there's a strong female character. Or, you know, the Jennifer Lawrence character from those really crappy remakes of Battle Royale. The Hunger Games. Hunger Games, yeah. Remake of a shitty Japanese film called Battle Royale. Don't see it, ladies and gentlemen. It sucks. Of course, so did Hunger Games, but whatever. So did Commando. <laughs> yeah, but those are strong female characters. Right. Melissa, uh, uh, Alyssa Milano is not. And I know she's a pretty decent actress. I've seen her in other things. She's okay. But there's nothing, to, like, she's not even enough to justify, an, like, 11-year-old Farron watching this. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't last. So, five star rating. What do you think? Yeah, I. I do we have to give one? No, no, you don't. No. <laughs> okay, so I, I can't say it's a zero because no. I had to watch it. You had so to watch it's it. Like it's like a half. It, it, it is. Yeah, it is a movie that exists. Therefore, it must get something. Yeah, I'd be at like half a star or a full star if only because there's a cute one liner or two in there. Yeah, but that's it. Like, there's nothing interesting about this. You know what would have been a more interesting story? a well-written story about why Bennett was kicked off the team. That could have been an interesting story written by much better writers with better actors, but that's not there. So ladies and gentlemen, we talked about movies that really don't hold up. Well, this is one. Well, <laughs> and the funny thing is I'm, I'm looking now online and, and this, this movie with 121,000 votes has 6.7 out of 10. Is that Rotten Tomatoes? That is IMDb. Oh yeah. That is crazy. It's what, what has it got at six point? 6.7 You know what a lot of it is? I think it's the same reason we're watching it now. It's nostalgia. We look back and go, that was a cool 80s film. But yeah, it's not. I mean, especially when you think of all the other awesome action films he did. Like, okay, Terminator isn't an action film. It's a horror film, right? Right. But well, on Rotten Tomatoes is 70%. So I think yeah. a lot of it has to do, a lot of that rating is from the fact that this was a movie 
in the 80s where Arnold Schwarzenegger really started to become. Yeah, he had that point. He'd done Conan uh, the Barbarian, which is a good film. Yeah. Conan the Destroyer, which is not. Because they tried to make it a comedy, and that, holy shit, that didn't work. Then he did Red Sonia, which was essentially a female version of Conan with Schwarzenegger in it. And it's, it's a bad film. Great music, but that's the only good thing about that film. And then he did this. And this was, I think, his attempt to move beyond. Because then he did... Who he's going to be as an actor. Yeah. Like, and, and then, of course, he does Predator, which is a genuinely good film. Two uh, soon-to-be governors in it. But, uh, and actually, the, the guy who played Cook from this film, he's in that too. Um, and Carl Weathers is in it. You know, like, that was a big like, action movie macho film, but at least it was okay. This film, though? No. It's one of those things. You ever see, like you ever heard the story of Teen Wolf, like the original Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Do you know that film was held for almost two years because oh. they were afraid it would destroy his career? Because it's not a good film. Right. I loved it as a kid, mostly because I liked the romance between him and that cute girl. What Bo- year is that movie? Because I liked that movie like too. Eighty-five or eighty-five. Yeah. I haven't seen it since yeah. I was a kid. But they held on to that movie because they were afraid it would ruin his career if it was shown too early. So they released it after Back to the Future, despite the fact that it had been filmed well before it. And by that point, he could take a hit because he'd already he was a star. Right. Family Ties and Back to the Future. And I wonder if maybe they should have done that with Commando. But clearly it worked for him. Because he moved on to Terminator and everything else. Like, you know Predator, what I mean? like, Running Man. Twig. Running Man, which yeah. I hate, but I recognize a lot of people like the film. Yeah, a lot of good films there. And they know his comedy was so good from this. At Kindergarten Cop, like, let's put him in. i got to be honest, I like that film. Kindergarten Cop is a great it. movie. It's, it's, yeah. it's a cute film. It was. It was a good you, movie when I was a kid. You it's a feel-good yeah, movie. It was a proof positive that Schwarzenegger had learned how to laugh at himself. Because he's the butt of all those jokes. Right. And a lot of action stars today would probably not allow that. Like, could you imagine J- Jason Statham, Stratham, whatever? Could Statham, you, yeah. Could you imagine him making a movie in which he is the butt of every joke? Oh, I have trouble imagining that because the last guy who tried that, uh, Dwayne, Johnson, Dwayne Johnson, he did a movie like that called like the Tooth Fairy or something, and it was a disaster oh, yeah. for him. And Hulk Hogan tried it; and it was a disaster for him. Uh, Sylvester Stallone tried it with uh, um, the, the futuristic movie um, Demolition Man. Oh yeah, and where he, but he wasn't the. He, it was a funny movie, but he wasn't the butt of the jokes. But anytime one of these meatheads tries a movie where he is the point of the comedy. He's what everyone's laughing at. It never works. But for Schwarzenegger, it did. Because Schwarzenegger can be a yeah, good actor. I think that's why know. a lot of the ratings are so good for this movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's, built who he is as a person. Yeah, as opposed to going back and diversity. Look, yeah, as, as opposed actor. to going back and looking at this film and going, Jesus Christ, this is a dog. Like if you found someone today who probably knows nothing about Schwarzenegger other than they know who he is because he's the Terminator. But most kids these days, if you found a 15-year-old they probably wouldn't know who he is other than he's that old guy who's in all those old violent movies. They'd probably look at this movie and go, this sucks. My parents are not cool. <laughs> well, yeah. But then again, you compare that to Terminator and Terminator 2. Um, you compare that to Predator and Running Man, which again, I didn't like, but I respect it. All these other films, Total Recall, again, I didn't like it, but I appreciate his performance. This is like the this is one of the low points, and yet... If you had asked me yesterday, I would have said, you know, this is actually one of my favorite of his films. Again, when I watched it four months ago, I was clearly playing a video game at the same time or something because I wasn't paying attention to sitting here, especially because when I watch it with someone else who I haven't seen before, I, I sort of see it through your eyes the first time. I'm like, oh my God, this is really awful. Yeah, and you really, and then once you start, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't it, so unsee you're it. you're really picking apart the, come on, like it's just not a good movie. But Yeah, it's like things that seem dramatic. Like if you ever see the 1984 version of Dune, uh, they introduced Linda Hunt's character. She played the, prin- the, the midget principal in uh, uh, Kindergarten Cop. She plays the shout-out Mapes, which is just a big 
name for the locals use for the housekeeper. And when I say, who is she? She says, I am the shout-out mapes, the housekeeper. Now, I'd seen that film 50 times, and Dune, the novel, is my favorite novel, and I always took that line so seriously. And then in high school, I watched that film with a bunch of my friends, and when she said, I am the housekeeper, they all burst into laughter, and then I suddenly realized... Oh my God! Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing dramatic about that. This is a tiny little midget person dramatically telling her she cleans your home. You know, and and it's the same. Like this film, it just does not age well. No, <laughs> so, it's it you know. was not good. But it, so. it is. It is what it is, and that's what we're doing. And yeah, it's we, we're it's, picking uh, the ones we want, and some of them will be great, and some of them really won't be. And like you say, movies we thought were cool. This one. Not so much. Not so, so much. So let's leave it there because it's pretty. This is all pretty darn, uh, darn painful, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>